Hello and welcome to This One Good Life podcast, where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram. And I am Bryant Johnson, and we're so glad you're able to join us today. On today's episode, we are slowing down to, again, explore this idea and topic of minimalism um, and circle back on uh, the game that we played, uh, some yep. better than others. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's it, just the fact that you play the game means that you've won. Okay, that's the you, you start off by winning. If you do day one, you you win, right? Um, after that, it's just it's just icing and, and endurance. So, yeah, yeah. So why don't uh, Stephen? Why don't you share this uh, kind of this thing that we just stumbled upon last week? Yeah, so yeah. We get, so get going here. Yeah. So we um, before we get into the whole minimalism part, d. Uh, we are going to uh, uh, talk about, uh, quite a few of you uh, all in the listening audience um, uh, messaged us and uh, emailed us and uh, social media'd us uh, about, well, why didn't, uh, why didn't we drop a podcast last week? Is something wrong? Did it just not show up in our feed? Uh, we got a lot of questions about that. And basically what it boiled down to um, was that Bryant and I, uh, both got into an incredibly busy week. Um, I know my butt was kicked all week with uh, work, uh, travel especially. I was on the road a ton. Uh, and Bryant got super busy uh, as well. He was uh, getting his butt kicked in his own ways. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we just could not schedule our podcast, um, which, which, was, which was a bummer. <clears throat> but... Um, as I was sort of thinking about it, uh, I was like, "Man, we've recorded six of these podcasts. This has been this has been really cool. I hated that we missed our seventh one." And then I was like, "Oh, you know, we just talked about Sabbath and Sabbath, that whole Shabbat idea, and the idea of seven and on seven you you rest." And so I thought, "Oh, well, we have accidentally stumbled onto a Sabbath rhythm for our podcast." Um, so I, I texted Brian. I was like, "Hey." We, we're, we're totally doing every seventh episode. We, we should totally just not do it. And uh, that's going to be our uh, that's going to be our Sabbath uh, week. And then we'll come back the next week. And, and Brian, you, uh, you you thought that was an OK idea. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a great idea. Uh, kind of funnily, funnily, funny, funnily. Oh, yeah. Funnily. funnily? <laughs> yeah. Kind of funnily. I, I thought, well, we don't want to miss the topic that we were going to talk about on the seventh <laughs> That's right. Week. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think it's wonderful practice um, to kind of um, not just wrap our week around, but but the things that we do as well. Um, yeah. So it totally makes sense. Um, and I love that it was accidental, and I love that we just kind of like plopped into it, um, yeah. and that it makes sense. Yeah. It's it's um, uh, some sometimes the best things are found by accident. So. Uh, and, and I like it too because I, I know a lot uh, a lot of podcasters um, and, and bloggers are, are this way where you take a lot of pride in never missing a week. I, I know some blogger, I mean some podcasters who have gone like 250 episodes and they've never missed a week. And part of me really likes that idea because I like to win uh, and that feels like <laughs> winning. Um, and part of me uh, that just feels like a unrealistic expectation that carries a really heavy load and a heavy burden and then when you finally do miss you have this guilt so i'm glad that we just missed a week early on and now we're going to call it sabbath and we're going to do it every every seventh uh, episode we'll still record the seventh episode just the next week um, when it would have been the eighth episode so um yeah i'm glad about that it's a good thing 
Yeah, this is uh, this this really cool idea um, of you know launching an arrow into the into the sky and wherever it lands, that's where you draw your target. Yeah, um, and I kind of feel like that. Yeah, this is this is it. We've drawn yeah. our target. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it makes sense. Totally makes sense. Speaking of winning, Stephen, um, we you know you and I we dove into this thirty uh, day challenge uh, for minimalism. Uh, where on the first day you get rid of one item, on the second day you get rid of two, on on the third, and and so on to thirty. Uh, where now you've gotten rid of, of thirty items. Um, and sp- speaking of winning, right? I I love mm-hmm. competition because I like to rise <laughs> to the top of this thing, um, and it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, if there's some way to make it competitive, um, gosh, uh, I'm all in, right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So it could be like a three-legged race. It could be uh, you know, who goes away the most stuff. Could and be I a have, pizza buffet. Could be a pizza buffet. <laughs> I will win. Um, yeah. So my first, one of my first thoughts was like, well, Stephen, and this is confession. Well, Stephen's whole family participated. How many of those items were actually his? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Let's count that number. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so so that's a good that's a good point. Um, we actually the way the way we set it up, and I don't know if I really talked about this on the podcast. Uh, the way we set it up is we had two columns. So uh, my wife and I were in one column, uh, and we we did the thirty day challenge just ourselves. And then we also set it up where our kids we have three kids. They also had their own thirty day challenge, so they were still doing their own track on day one, they give away one thing, day two to day 15, 15. Um, <clears throat> but we split it three ways for them. So in total, instead of giving away like a 455 items, we yeah, ended up yeah. giving away a little over a thousand because the kids were doing their own 30 day and we were doing our own uh, 30 day as well. So it was, it was me and my wife, but um, you know, I, 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 you know, did, did did Tanya participate at all? No, she she didn't. Not this not this go round. It did feel good when I looked at your grid that I think I beat two of the three of your kids. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the the truth Sorry. of the matter is they they actually ended up finishing. Um, <laughs> so they still won. So they still won. Yeah. So basically, Bryant, my six year old, beat you. So. Yeah. This is <laughs> no, normal. It was fun though. Um, uh, the thirty day challenge, and again, if you're if you're just joining us, uh, you know the thirty day challenge uh, is from theminimalist.com. Uh, it is a uh, uh, kind of a fun game you can play with a friend or many friends uh, to uh, begin to uh, get rid of stuff, declutter, and uh, you know find uh, find a little peace by getting rid of of, of some stuff. And so, Brian, um, t- t- what were some of the things you learned during this? Because you know, like we said earlier. Just doing it is is winning, right? Just just participating, no matter how far along you get, that that's a win. So sure. for for you, what did what what did you learn? Yeah, so I approached it. Um, <clears throat> I kind of uh, went through our house and went through our rooms and um, a lot of my space or my stuff, and began to gather things together as we we're getting started, right? Um, and kind of approached it from that direction and figured I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go at it as, uh, as much as I can get rid of these, these things. Um, so the first thing I learned is you, you don't have permission to get rid of other people's stuff. Um, but (laughs) you you, learn that the hard way you do have permission to ask. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, so there's, you know, there's things that, 
uh, kind of sitting around that I thought ah, we haven't used that in a while, but mm-hmm. it is Tanya. So let me let me ask if it's okay with that. And yeah. and some things she said yes to. Some things, um, of course, she said no to because she still has a plan for. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I started gathering stuff pretty quickly that I just was like, oh, well, let me take that off the shelf because we haven't used it. Um, right. Like a, there's a, a tea kettle. She's a big tea drinker. So there's a tea kettle we haven't used in a very long time. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, well, let me put that in the pile. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> to which she said, no, nah, I think we're going to keep that one. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, you can't get rid of other people's stuff. Um, another big thing for me is this um, kind of this contrast be- between uncluttering and unowning. Yeah. Um, it's really uh, something that stood out to me this time. It's really easy to gather your stuff together, to organize it, to collect it, and put it on a shelf um, that's behind a closed door that may mm-hmm. be in a closet that wraps behind the stairs, just you know, <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. Um, where you will never see it again. Right. Until it's time to clean out that closet or, or what have you, or, or move, right? Um, so there's a big difference between that and making sure that the room is empty and clear and clean and, and organized um, yeah. versus actually unowning and getting rid of yeah. that stuff. <clears throat> yeah. um, whether you give it or you sell it or you donate it or what have you. Um, there's a big contrast between those and, and they're not the same thing. Um, right. Saying this no longer belongs to me and then putting it in a closet um, yeah. might feel good. Um, right. But really, really, it's still yours. Um, yeah. At some point, you or somebody else will have to deal with that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Joshua off of The Minimalist, uh, he, he, he tells a story about how um, he had this really big house uh, that he had bought uh, in his early 20s. And um, he was doing really well financially, and he had tons and tons of stuff. He said, if you walked into my house, you, 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 know, you, you wouldn't think, oh my gosh, this place is, is cluttered and you know, to, to the ceiling. But he said, if you go into my basement, you would see that I spent, you know, a fortune at the package store in terms of organizing units and boxes and tubs and, you know, all these things. And he said, you know, it's all organized. Um, But, you know, the the difference is that that stuff is still a part of your life, whether you can't whether you can't see it or not. It still has a weight uh, on your life. And um, and and you can only know what that weight is once you get rid of it. And, and that's a big difference. Um, so I, I really appreciate you bringing up that, uh, that difference. Um, well, what else? We're, we're going to get older too, right? That's um, right. Yeah. And, and the more we collect, and, and that's why I say either we're going to do something with it or somebody's going to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's going to have the responsibility. So I, I kind of feel like, gosh, if, if I was responsible to collect this stuff, let me be responsible to do something with it. Yeah. Um, rather than uh, somebody else, whether that's now or like on my death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. Um, that somebody's going to have to do something with that. So, <clears throat> so that was, uh, that was, that's pretty important to me. Um, there was more I, I kind of got rid of along the way as well. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but didn't keep pace with the 30 day challenge. Yeah. Uh, so kind of, stop posting at that point. Um, there were a few other things that I collected, um, made a one big trip to Goodwill actually. Nice. Um, so I was able to, uh, everything we got rid of this time, I was able to donate. Um, there are a few other, uh, kind of handfuls of things. Um, I'd replace a, a coffee maker. I know one day I did a coffee set. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, um, I didn't realize I had an older coffee maker that still worked that, um, 
was sitting on a shelf. Uh, so oh, I found really? that, right? Took that in. Um, there were a few other things like that that um, just simply didn't make the picture, but um, but I still got rid of. So that felt good. You know, yeah. on day 14, I, I had two items. So <laughs> felt a little lame. Well, but. no, well, well, but you, you know, you bring up a good point too that um, a, a lot of times I think when people do this, uh, they, they think, oh, I've got to pick out the items one day at a time. Right. And so I got to wake up on day one and I got to pick out one item, which for the first, you know, seven, eight, maybe 10 days, that, that, Easy. that feels okay. But then when you start getting beyond that, it, it really becomes a stressor. So, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I want to give people permission if they decide to do this, man, if you want to take a Saturday and just go through your house and collect as much as you possibly can and then start to sort it and say, okay, here's day one, day five, day 10, whatever. Yeah. Do that. That's a great way to do it. Um, we did that. Um, now, what we found was by about day 15, day 18, somewhere in there, we were having to go back again and redo that uh, and get more and more and more. But um, but yeah, don't don't uh, don't feel bad or don't hesitate to to do some big collections. Uh, and and even if you want to, one of the things we ended up doing was um, we we do a day, get a bunch of big collections, go ahead and put them into stacks and go ahead and take the picture for that day and, and say, okay, this is day 18. Then take the picture of the, of the 19 stack and say, oh, this is, this is day 19. And then go ahead and get rid of the stuff. Go ahead and take it to Salvation Army or Goodwill sure, or wherever. Yeah. Um, so that it's, that way it's out of the house, but you have the picture so you can continue to post. And cause I do think posting is a big part of this. Um, there, there's a level of accountability, uh, with that, um, you know, other people can kind of cheer you on. So I would really, really encourage you to post uh, if you if you decide to do this challenge, which I hope you do. Well, the the last thing I I did, Stephen, too, and I think maybe maybe I mentioned this before, so we won't spend a lot of time on it, but um, just kind of went room to room. Yeah. So started in our pantry um, and got some stuff there. Uh, started in my office. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, mentioned I had a whole drawer of electronics, and I think you saw two or three days of yeah, just uh, <laughs> you know, like an old keyboard and a bunch of wires and software yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Um, and then the same thing in my um, in my closet, uh, yeah, and just yep. kind of went through, and and that's that's really that was how I approached it, and, and kind of focused. And that seemed to help organize it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, it also stood out to me that there's spaces that I didn't go into, right? So like, right, um, tools. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people would say, why would you ever get rid of tools? But I got a box of stuff that um, that I have used at some point mm-hmm. that was like a one time purchase because yep. you know what. I needed a drywall knife uh, to yeah, make this right. repair. I don't do drywall regularly, yeah. right? So yeah. like <laughs> to replace that at uh, you know versus um, storing it, uh, replacing mm-hmm. it's probably a, a cheaper cost than storing it for forever. Um, yeah. So there are things like that that I, I still need to um, address and approach, but we'll get there. Yeah, one of the things that um, the minimalist guys will say is if you. Uh, if you're wondering whether you should keep it or not, uh, ask yourself, uh, have I used it in the past six months? And if the answer is no, then that's your first check. And then uh, the, the second question is, can I replace this for under $20 uh, if I do need it again? Uh, and if the answer is is yes, then those are your two check marks and you can get rid of it. Um, and it sounds like that that's part of what you did as well. Yeah, yeah. And it just stands out that there's a few other spaces now that <laughs> yeah. that I need to look at, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and what I've <clears throat> what what we found um, as a family because we've we've been doing this for about two years now, and what we found is um, we'll we'll do a big purge. Uh, and we'll feel really good about that, and we'll start to live in that space, and then we'll we'll start to see other things. Other things will start to kind of pop up and, and start to catch our eye, and then we'll do another big purge, and we'll go, oh my gosh, I can't believe we still had all that stuff. We, we're probably at a, at a good stopping place now. And then about six months later, three, four months later, um, we, we feel that itch again. So what we found is that um, we hit a place where we feel good, we stop, and then three to six months later, we, we do it again because something else begins to catch our eye. Other things begin That's to catch right. our eye. Yeah. Um, and so it's a cumulative process. So don't feel like you got to, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking about this, don't feel like you got to do this gigantic purge and, you know, have 300 items uh, left in your house uh, at the end of a week. That's just not, you know, that's not how it, that's <laughs> probably not the most healthy way to do this, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly right. <laughs> so, so Brian, for you, what was... Um, what was what was difficult? What was the most difficult piece of this process? Yeah, um, time really. Mm. Time to collect, time to find the stuff, time that it, it takes. I mean, really, item by item, to say yes, mm. no, yeah. yes, no. Um, I think that's the hardest the hardest piece um, yeah. is the glaring stuff you already know about, yeah. um, and and usually I. I Maybe not for most people, but for a lot of folks, I think you you know the stuff you already need to get rid of. Sure. Um, so that's easy, and maybe that's ten items. <laughs> sure, that's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so time is the most most difficult piece, I think. Yeah, I think for me, um, <clears throat> time is a piece of that. But but for me, um, there, there's some emotional energy that goes into this. Mm. Uh, sure. Because it, it's weird, and and I don't like it because it feels kind of gross, but. Um, we, we have real emotional attachment to our things um, until we let them go, and then we realize, oh, I, I really wasn't that emotionally attached to it. Um, but in the process of picking it out and, and actually physically letting go of it, it's, kind of, it's just kind of emotionally taxing. Um, I, I remember the day I was going through my, my DVDs, and I have, a, I have a pretty huge DVD collection, um, but you remember back when there was a blockbuster, um, and then they would put their used DVDs on sale for like three or five dollars a piece. Man, that was like heyday for me. I loved that so much. I'd go buy a bunch of DVDs that I liked and movies I liked, and so I had this really big DVD collection. And uh, my wife was like, "You don't watch those, and if you wanted to watch it, it's probably on Netflix. And if it's not on Netflix, you can rent it on on Apple TV." And uh, now I still kept all my comedies because if it has Will Ferrell in it, I kept it. And that was sort of the rule. <laughs> but there, <laughs> there were a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of DVDs. But in doing that, I felt like I was letting go of this, this collection that I built. You know, this yeah. this this grouping of things that had, that I thought had I had some kind of emotional attachment to. And then when I, once I let them go, I just realized I I, I really didn't care. Um, and 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 so. There, there's an emotional weight to this process while you're doing it. But then once you do it, all the emotion goes away and you're like, that, that was silly. Um, that was, that I felt so connected to those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, so for you, what, what was a big surprise? Did you have any big surprises during the process? I don't know that there was anything that really stood out that, um, I mean, seriously, that was surprising to me this mm -hmm. time. Um, you know, it came to a point where I just ran out of stuff to keep up with the pace. Um, yeah. And I, I, I 
kind of went in fully confident that it'd make it make it the whole way. Um, mm-hmm. But I could see as we went along. So I again, I don't I don't know that that was a surprise. I could see the uh, it, it catching up to me um, mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know that anything else really caught me by surprise. Yeah. Um, Having done this a few times, um, not the thirty day challenge, but the the big purges. Yeah. Uh, there there weren't a lot of surprises. Um, for me personally, I, I was really proud to, to watch my kids do it, and um, so we 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 gave an incentive to our kids. We said if if we don't finish and they do, then uh, we'll take them out somewhere really nice to eat. So we'll go to a fancy restaurant and take them out to eat. If we tie, then we will take them out to a fancy place to eat, right? Because that means that they they finished. Um, but if we beat them and they don't finish, and Mary Liz and I win. Uh, then they have to take us for ice cream, and they have to pay for it. So sweet. Um, they had some incentives, so uh, but it was really fun to watch them do it. Um, uh, we we kept a big chart. If you look on our social media feed, you'll see the the big chart, and we kept that on our um, on our refrigerator. And uh, uh, it was fun to watch them go in and, and check things off, and and watch them kind of go through that process. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But but yeah, it was fun. It was well, really really good. And I wonder, Stephen. Um it seems like uh, you know every week we receive a lot of good comments and questions on mm-hmm. uh, social media about about the topics yeah. um, that we're we're chatting about, and there are quite a few questions about uh, family and involvement and uh, kind of engaging. Does this feel like a, a good time yeah. to transition into that conversation? Yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the uh, we we got several questions and comments on uh, on this topic of minimalism. Uh, Part two, uh, and one of one of the ones that I wanted to deal with today is from a uh, from a woman named Kristen, uh, and Kristen says, "How can we convince grandparents that grandkids do not need so many clothes and toys?" Um, and I think this is a uh, this is a common problem. Uh, I, I think when <clears throat> when families decide to start to to minimize, and and I think a lot of people in our generation um, and maybe younger. Um, are are really starting to buy into this, but their but their parents who tend to be boomers uh, and maybe a little older uh, are really confounded. They they really don't understand this mm-hmm. uh, because I, I think a big emphasis in in their generation when they were our age was to accumulate and to build up your your kingdom. And I don't say that in a in a negative way, but you work to get stuff and you have stuff and that stuff provides protection and comfort and, and, and all these things and security. Um, and, and so when their kids and their grandkids uh, kind of sort of philosophically shift from that, uh, it sometimes even grandparents can take that uh, offensively. They're, they're like, well, why, would, why are you rejecting my way of life? And so that's some of those things I'm, I might be reading into what Kristen's saying there, but um, a lot of those things I hear in that uh, and I know we've seen uh, with, with different folks and, and talking to folks like this. Um, I, I think there are some ways to go about doing this. Uh, uh, because again, I, I think the first thing you got to remember, uh, especially genera- generationally, um, it can feel like a rejection of your parents' way of life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And those kids' grandparents' way of life uh, and the way that they've raised you. And so philosophically, I think we gotta, we got to take that consideration into the whole discussion and the whole argument um, that we, we, we have to be careful about how we tread 
because this is not just about stuff or birthday presents. This is about a, a kind of philosophical underpinning to the way they've lived their life for 50, 60 years. Um, so I think the first thing is, is do it with ease and do it with care uh, and let them know what you're doing and the intentionality behind it. Um, there's a, you know, that, that it's not just that you're rejecting things and you're becoming, you know, you're becoming like a hermit and you know, you're, you're going to have 300 things. You're going to travel around living off of people. It's not, it's not that sort of thing. It's, it's that there's an intentionality and try to explain that to them in, in terms that they can, they can hear. Uh, it's been really interesting. Uh, my, my wife, uh, her mom, uh, who I love dearly, she is a wonderful, wonderful person. They have tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff at their house. Uh, and, and it's just, um, and it's not, you know, the house doesn't feel like overrun. It's not like hoarding or anything like that, but it's just that mindset. Right. And so as she, uh, and, and her husband, uh, my wife's parents have been watching us do this. They've become really kind of interested and intrigued by it. Uh, and, uh, she began to ask my wife, well, she, well, she basically just began to ask her questions about it. And then about, I don't know, about a month ago, my wife went over after she finished her work one day and she said, well, I think they started with maybe a closet. I can't remember what they started with, but they started to do this. And literally for like a month now, every day after my wife gets off work for about an hour and a half, she and her mom are going through their stuff uh, and they are decluttering, they're minimizing, they're... Uh, they're practicing some of these things, especially in the life-changing magic of tidying up. Um, they're they're practicing that that philosophy in this, and it has been unreal the amount of stuff that she's gotten rid of and how happy she is through that process. Um, I, I think one of the things my wife said is pretty much every time they start, she's like, I don't think I'm going to be able to really give away much of this. And then by the end, she's given away like two-thirds of it. Um, <laughs> and, and so it's been a really cool kind of process. So... Um, uh, uh, yeah, well, I've got a couple more. Brian, what do you think uh, in, in terms of the grandparent question? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, really, that you, you kind of summed it up, right? Like, we want to converse, we want to be in conversation, we want to share why we're doing what we're doing. Um, yeah. Whatever your reason is, whatever your purpose is, um, <clears throat> you know, if it's because you don't, you don't want to dust all your stuff, yeah. I think that's a legitimate reason uh, yeah. to reduce, right? If it's because it's <laughs> just... Right. Um, time consuming and you, you almost feel frozen. I, uh, my mom at one point in her life, gosh, maybe 10 years ago, um, was really in that stage where like she had so much stuff in the house that, um, it, she was almost paralyzed by it, um, yeah. because she, she wasn't sure what the next step was or yeah. what to do or how to reduce it. Um, because everything had a purpose or meaning or emotions yep. tied to it. Right. Um, so I think it really starts there, which is the, the communication piece of like, here's mm -hmm. what we're doing. Here's why, here's why we're doing it. Gosh, we just don't want all the extra stuff around or, yeah. um, you know, whatever the, whatever the reason is there. Um, and then help kind of walk them through it. Um, and it sounds mm -hmm. like that's exactly what uh, your wife is doing with, with her mom is walk, walk through that process. I don't know that we, um, I don't know that every grandparent needs to be walked through it in the same way, but that's walk right. them through your journey. Um, That's right, and help bring them along in the thing that you're experiencing. They may, they may actually say, "No, I don't, I, I don't want any part of that." That's right, <laughs> um, but at least they'll understand. They'll understand, and that's yeah. that's huge. 
Yeah, I, th- I think too, especially <clears throat> when I think about um, grandparents giving grandkids things, a lot of times I think that happens during um, like birthdays and Christmas yeah. and holidays. And uh, I, you know, I started to kind of dread, especially Christmas, because I knew that when when we finished with Christmas, our kids were going to have tons of big, bulky things, right? That are going to take up a lot of room, and I sort of I started to kind of dread that. I was like, oh no, <laughs> we're going to, you know, the big plastic kind of sure. car-looking things, and you know, and uh, um, so I, I started to kind of dread that. And and then, but then I started to realize as we were going to birthday parties for friends and for family, we did the same bloody thing. We would we would buy them stuff because we felt like we needed to buy them stuff. I mean, there's this kind of expectation in our culture. You go to a birthday party and you and you buy stuff. Um, and and um, a, a lot of times, and this is a maybe a philosophically a different way to think about it. <clears throat> a lot of times we buy stuff that's kind of more permanent stuff mm-hmm. versus uh, use stuff. And, and so what I mean by that, and we, I think we, we do this differently now, instead of buying a, a plastic toy that's gonna they're going to play with for a couple of days and it's going to go on a shelf or in a bin, buy them art supplies, buy them markers, buy them paper, buy them putty, buy them things that they can use a few times and then those things will be discarded. Like they have permission to discard it, right? Because they're going to draw on the papers and maybe put it up on the refrigerator, but then that can be discarded. And so you're not, you know, adding net stuff to your 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 friends and your neighbors and your family, but you give them, essentially you're giving them kind of packaged experiences. Um, sometimes we'll buy bubbles, uh, you know, blowing bubbles and some things like that because that's something you can go do and then you can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So it's you're adding an experience. It's a gift, uh, but then it can go away and not add to their kind of net total of, of things. And, and that's the I think that's sort of the last thing I'll, I'll say on on this is um, uh, encourage. And this is what I say to Kristen. Uh, Kristen, encourage your your parents, the, your or your in laws, your your kids' grandparents, encourage them to invest in experiences with your children instead of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that is, instead of them spending forty, fifty dollars on a gift, ask them, well, however much you were going to spend, what could y'all do if you took that kid out for a day? And y'all went to the zoo and went out to eat somewhere fun, or you went bowling, or you went to a science center, or you, you know, you did something fun like that. Could you use that money to give them an experience? And I promise you, like this is this is a hands down guarantee. If they spend their money on an experience instead of a thing, the kid is going to remember that experience uh, infinitely longer than they will remember the thing that you got them. And it's personal, and it's real, and it's quality, and truthfully. It's a million times better than anything we could buy our kids if we give them an experience. Yeah. Um, gosh, just as you're saying that, Stephen, I'm thinking about my own, uh, my dad's mom, uh-huh. my grandmother. Um, for a while when we were small, <clears throat> she would bring at Christmas time, um, you know, the big like wardrobe U-Haul boxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She would bring my sister and I one of those and they would, both of them would be full of wrapped gifts of all uh-huh. sorts and sizes yep. um and then one year she uh she brought us for christmas uh essentially what was going to be a um theme park tour across florida 
Oh, nice. So the next summer, we went to NASA, we went to Disney, we went to SeaWorld, and we went to Busch Gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a week long uh with with my grandma to all these trips and for my sister and i it was the first time we'd been at some of these theme parks right yeah. um the pictures and the memories that come from that yeah far surpass any of the items that were found in those in those yeah. u-haul boxes right it, I, yeah ha- half of what was in there I, who knows i don't even know what, right. what some of that stuff is there's one or two items that's, that stand out like this ridiculous inflatable uh, bowling pin that was like uh-huh. five and a half foot tall yeah, and I got it at like four years old, you know, so I could like run and tackle it. <laughs> but, I had one of those, <laughs> but beyond that, um, the yeah. thing that stands out are the the memories and those experiences um, yeah. that we had. So, I just want to affirm kind of the thing that that you're sharing um, that even for me personally is uh, continues to ring true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right. And so, uh, Kristen, I hope that answers your question. Uh, a number of people just said. Gosh, I'm, I'm just really curious how to do this. Um, and so uh, uh, not just from social media, but from uh, folks I talk to who listen to our podcast. And they said, I, you know, tell me about how to do this with kids, right? How to, how to do this uh, idea of minimizing with kids. And so uh, I'm, I'm, this week's podcast, I'm sorry, this week's blog, I'm gonna, I, I've got an article about um, some, some tips and techniques on, on how to do this with kids, but I'll give you one uh, on here, uh, sort of a teaser for the, uh, for the blog, so I encourage you to go read the blog. Uh, one thing that we do with our kids is um, we, we play a game called um, Keep One, Give Two, uh, and the idea is when you're when you're a little kid, uh, you just accumulate tons of little things, right? Like whether it's from school or from, you know, if you're going to like a, a fast food restaurant on a trip and you get the little toy, um, kids just, I don't know, it's like they're magnets for like tiny things that you can step on and they just have tons of them. Uh, and our kids end up just putting them into bins. And so they had these bins of just tiny, like tiny toys. And uh, that's a great place to start where you kind of dump the bin out and you have two piles. And one is the keep pile, the other is the give pile. And for every one that you put into the keep pile, you have to take two and put it into the give pile. Uh, and that will, I mean, that alone, if you, if you just do that, you can help your kids reduce their stuff by two thirds. Just by doing that, uh, you can help them move it uh reduce their things by two thirds. And, uh, at first it's a little hard, uh, and then they kind of get into it and our, our kids do it without, without question. Now they just, they just do it. And it, um, uh, and it works really well. And, and as a, as a parent, just by the way our society's kind of built, you're going to accumulate little things. I, I, you know, they bring things home from school and from friend's house and whatever. So that's a really helpful game. If you want to learn some more, uh, I'd, I'd love for you to go check out the, uh, blog post this week called uh, Minimizing uh, Our Minimalism with Kids, uh, and uh, I'll talk some more about that there. And finally this week, we will dive into some of mine and Bryant's recommendations for you all. Yeah, this is a time where we share some of the good stuff we're discovering in our lives uh, that we hope will add beauty and goodness to yours. Um, Stephen, I'm going to jump right in and, and recommend yeah. uh, recommend this game, the 30-Day Challenge, uh, to folks that um, that you give it a shot and uh, you, you give it a run. And if it lasts for three days, fantastic. If it lasts for 30 days, fantastic. Um, but I would just recommend diving in and seeing how you do. Um, seeing what uh, you learn in the process, seeing what uh, you discover in that. Um, we've talked about surprises and, and challenges in that. Um, 
this is not necessarily uh, surprises and challenges uh, about your stuff, but it, it really mm. is about who you are and discovering who yeah. you are as well. Um, so you talked about the emotional tie to, uh, to DVDs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's discover discover what it is um, that you're wrestling with in either collecting or giving up on yeah. on your stuff, right? Um, and use the time for that sort of personal discovery. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it, it, it's uh, I like how you said that because it really is a um, y- you know it's focused on giving away your stuff, but you really do find out a lot about yourself. And it's a real growth opportunity. Uh, I'm a pretty firm believer you, you can only grow uh, when you are uncomfortable uh, or when you're put into a, a situation that um, that challenges you. And, uh, you know, the 30-day challenge, it challenges you. Uh, and so uh, it's a time of, of personal growth, not just getting rid of stuff. Yeah. I, I think for me, uh, I want to recommend a book uh, that, that my wife read um, uh, recently over the past gosh, probably six months, that really influenced our way of, of being and our way of doing, and uh, 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 really, really helpful book for her, and it's on my reading list um, now. I haven't, I haven't gotten to it yet, but she's told me so much about it that I feel like I have read it. Uh, it's called The Abundance of Less, Lessons in Simple Living from Rural Japan. You can find it on, uh, on Amazon, but <clears throat> uh, as far as my wife goes, she says that uh, this has been... Um, just it was a beautiful book and an incredibly impactful book to help you just understand and see um, the role that 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 stuff plays and and even more uh, the role that having less plays uh, and what that mm-hmm. does for for you and for your life. Um, so I would encourage you to go and, and, and check that book out and, um, you know, let us know uh, if you're doing the challenge. Let us know if you're if you're uh, 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 starting down this journey. Let us know. We, we would love to hear from you. And uh, just because the podcast isn't about minimalism, you know, in three weeks, if you have a, a comment about it, we'd love to feature that and, and just talk about uh, how you're doing and give you some encouragement. So uh, reach out to us on social media, uh, on our Facebook page, on our website. Uh, you can also email us at info at thisonegoodlife.com, and we'd love to hear your stories about how you're decluttering, minimalizing, uh, trying the challenge, whatever whatever that does. Yeah, and uh, today, uh, if you're listening to this on the day it drops, today is August or October 1st. Um, so gosh, uh, <laughs> what a great uh, opportunity yeah. to start on day one with one item and, and work your way through. Um, and share share with us how that's going. Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, that just about does it uh, for this week's show. We are so grateful that you've chosen to join us for this podcast. Yeah, and as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates. The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. See you next week. <laughs>